Hello and welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal Rewatch Podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode of Ali McBeal through 2021 eyes. Yeah, we do. And we're here to say Merry Christmas. Yes, it's only just Thanksgiving, but we are, f- because of our new three-week schedule, we uh, are finally aligning the Ali McBeal Christmas episodes with the festive season IRL. I mean, <laughs> what a bonus. <laughs> We're not doing it, it in have, July. The, I mean, that's the thing, is that we always ended up recording these episodes and releasing them at like six months before Christmas. <laughs> like, yeah, it felt very strange to be sweltering. Strange. It's usually some sort of eat wave. Yes. We'd be like crammed into an airless room singing to wells. talk about Christmas. <laughs> But you know, that's that's uh, it's not quite Christmas yet when we're recording, but no. it's certainly feeling like it's getting more autumnal and cozy. We're, we're, and... we're heading into the spooky season at the moment. Um, but yes. by the time this goes out, it will actually we're, you'll be we're feeling quite to festive. Get on the way, we're on the way there. Yeah, we're on the way to. It's uh, what's that? It goes. What? Um, <laughs> hang on. So jump up on my sleigh and we're all on our way to another blooming Christmas. <laughs> I love that song. I watched I couldn't that think, I year. couldn't think of the first bit. Yeah, no, I do too. I watched The Snowman Man and yes, Father Christmas, same, both Raymond same. Briggs. Yes. Yes. Christmas classic. Good, good Christmas Eve yes. fodder. Yes, absolutely. Love it. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. We're jumping up on our sleigh and we're all on our way for another blooming Ally McBeal Christmas. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. So. So? So, what are we talking about today? Oh yeah, so today... Oh, I just told you. What <laughs> <laughs> so... eggnog have you had? Seriously, <laughs> you need to stop knocking it back. Um, so today... We are going to be talking about um, episode six, um, mm-hmm. season four. Uh, mm-hmm. Tis the season. It is. That's what we've literally just spent five literally minutes. Literally just what we've been saying. Yeah, exactly. It's tis the damn season. Tis. Tis it, the damn season. Just tis, tis, tis. Tis, tis, tis. You know what it is? Tis. <laughs> <laughs> and... Tis the season first aired uh, 27th of November 2000. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the Naughties. The other decade more problematic than it looks. So, Aww. November 27th, 2000. So, the UK number one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the artist, mm-hmm. and I'll be shocked if you don't get this right. Leanne Rhymes. Oh, God. Pressure. Oh. How do I no! <laughs> get through a night without you? Oh, no. no! Okay. Uh, Come on. How rude. Oh! Can't fight the moonlight <laughs> deep in the heart. As a man that you don't, that you know, that you know, that you can't fight the moonlight. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Go. Whoops. Yeah, I well, like, I always, whenever I think of Leanne Rhymes, I always think of How Do I Live Without You. Oh, uh, no, uh, that's a lame song. I don't like that one. It's too soppy. Yeah, no, neither do I. Sappy and soppy. I don't really like, I don't really like Can't Fight the Moonlight either, but 
that's uh, fine. You know what? I've got a soft spot for Can't Find the Moonlight. It's uh, it, it, it's quite catchy. I just think I, think I don't like any songs with Moonlight in the title because I fucking hate dancing in the moonlight. Every time that comes on, I'm like, <laughs> like fuck off. really hate it they always play it at like weddings oh yeah no, it's like it no it's a staple of no weddings. yeah <laughs> no uh, it's all right like i had a strict top loader ban at my wedding <laughs> <laughs> You're like, not like i can think of any other of their a songs hint of achilles heel i am kicking off <laughs> oh is that <laughs> i don't even know any other of their songs i just was like no top <laughs> I know Achilles' heel and um and dancing in the moonlight. I don't mind dancing Ooh. in the moonlight. It's, it it oh, has a nostalgia sake. to it that I like. It's just like straight culture. <laughs> <laughs> You're like heaving a little bit, like <laughs> yeah. No, makes me shiver, not in a good way. <laughs> So, uh, moving on, we've got the US number one. I think it's the same mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. last time. Mm-hmm. Let me just double check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. US number one is uh, Destiny's Child and Independent Women. Question. Um, yeah. Okay. So, the only thing I've got for cultural stuff beyond that is the only uh, thing that was happening you are the only thing that was happening well yeah this is the only thing i could find that was of any kind of note uh people were too busy being festive (laughs) yeah well it's kind of sad um this this is a a sad sad cultural stuff um so So this <laughs> it keeps talking. No, I can't. I can't talk about this when you're doing that. Okay. Too, okay. Too... All right. All right. Okay. So on... everyone just cry silently on the internet. Yeah, please. Um. So on the 27th of November, um, it uh-huh. was the the day that 10 year old um Nigerian schoolboy, uh, Damalola Taylor <gasps> was killed Damilola. in London. No. Yeah, in be- and in what became uh, one of the UK's most high-profile killings, um, the two mm. brothers who were twelve and thirteen at the time of the killing uh, were convicted of manslaughter in two thousand and six. Um, mm, so yeah. yeah, that and what I didn't realize is that um, uh, the 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 people to last see Damalola Taylor alive was John Boyega and his sister. Yes. Um, they were f- from the same estate, weren't they? In yeah, Peckham they were friends, something. Of, yeah, friends same of him. school or something. Yeah, yeah they all went to school together. Um, John Boyega, his sister and Damalola Taylor. Um, and yeah, they yeah, literally... I knew that. I, I think they offered to like walk him to his estate and he was like, no, nah, I got it from here. And yeah, they said yeah. like, goodbye to him, and then he walked around the corner and straight into the people that would. That's kill it was him. so sad, wasn't it? Really, really. Because it wasn't was it because he was really young, wasn't he? He, he was, was like 10. twelve or something. He was ten. Ten. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and the boys and so that he killed had... him were twelve and thirteen, so they were really young. 
Like it's just crazy. It is really sad, super sad. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was it. That that's what was going on on the twenty seventh of November. <sighs> well, I feel like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I was like, you did warn uh, me. You warned maybe me. You should to be fair. Not do that. <laughs> Oh. Why do you always have to bring out the sad stories, though? Why can't you bring out the cheer? I'm sorry, there wasn't any festive fun going on. <laughs> okay, well, that's so, not so at Cajun Fish, no. as we will find out. Let's, yeah, let's so, move into happier things, happier times. Yes, so as I said, let's crack on with Tis the Season, because Tis the Season. Tis. Tis. Just Tis. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, as we've mentioned, it's Christmas! <laughs> we open with Macy Gray singing Winter Wonderland, and I guess they really got their money's worth getting her to record that. Yeah, it's a great one. <laughs> yeah, and um, Ali and Larry are doing one of the uh, quintessential new couple holiday rituals of an evening, which is carrying a Christmas tree home together. Um, Ali is is waxing festive about why Christmas is so amazing and she's like talking about oh you know you put up the tree you have to decorate it you look at the twinkly lights on the couch and you have eggnog um and I was like well at least two of those things you can do at any time of year though. you can <laughs> sit on the couch and uh have eggnog like you don't anyway but anyway she also says she also yells like bite me at a car who's honking at her to hurry up so she's not completely festivized <laughs> she still has enough you know sass in her to <laughs> yell at a car um and then larry shares that he's actually more team grinch like he's always hated christmas and i don't know about you eleanor but i hate those people <laughs> people who are like actually i hate christmas and i'm like come on like do you do you like, no, that's not a personality <laughs> no it's not an interesting thing about yourself no i don't know if you think that makes you more interesting it, it doesn't, doesn't. Um, and i'm also i have to say i'm also regularly surprised that ali's not one of those people because i yeah. think she says that she likes christmas because she thinks that that's like the magical unicorn party line like the thing to say <laughs> yeah. but it's not like what her heart truly wants deep down like her most inner self is actually a Grinch like she's she's like a Grinch son but she's a Christmas rising do you know what I mean like Christmas Christmas she projects to the outside world but deep down she's a Grinch that's what I think but anyway Ali says that she doesn't think she can be with someone who hates Christmas and Larry is like but I'm allergic to down feathers in the couch and there's cholesterol in eggnog and the tree is a fire hazard and twinkly lights can cause seizures and also he says it's because he's always alone and Ali is like well not this Christmas and then Larry stops and he has that like cute like half smile that Robert Downey Jr. does (laughs) and he's like can you say that again please and Ali says uh you're not gonna be alone this christmas and larry smiles and is like let's go decorate the tree and he's all enthused again and they carry the tree off and (laughs) ali snuggles into his neck and she kisses him all cutely and i'm like oh you guys (laughs) like i'm really invested in this like more than anything i've ever witnessed with my 2021 eyeballs (laughs) like which is a feat because I'm never invested in Ali being successful with a guy. Like, no, most of the time, I want to tell the guy to, like, run, run. but not this. 
Not this guy. No, like you really feel the connection between them. Like, and yeah, I I do have more to say on this later in the episode, but we'll get there. Okay. But for now, this I is just, super cute. I just wanted to note, like, yes, I'm into it. Yes. I'm into it. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, Turns we out, Ali and Larry is my kink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after the titles, it's the next day at Cajun Fish and Richard is going through the cases on the docket at the morning meeting. Um, and uh, all the while, Ali is just yawning widely. But we've, of course. Um, oh my God, that so reminds me of me though, because that's something I would do. is just like <laughs> yawn, like completely oblivious to anyone around me. Like not even try and hide it. <laughs> Yeah, she so while Ali is yawning widely, we find out that the case of the week in this episode is Stevens versus WKGB, which is a local news channel. So one of their anchors, Kendall Stevens, who is played by um, Peter McKenzie, who people who watched Blackish might recognize because he played a character called Mr. Stevens in Blackish. Okay. Um, but he has been sacked and he is suing for wrongful termination. Um, and John is first chairing with Ling um, as second chair. And Richard asks why he was fired. And John says it was for excessive truth telling. Which I love because as apparently, a phrase. Excessive truth telling. Yeah. Like that's so, I don't know. I was just like, I love this. I feel like I need to use it one day in my life. Just excessive truth telling. <laughs> just like excessively truthing all over the place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently his excessive truth telling was that he said that there was no Santa Claus live on the breakfast show. And Ali, when she hears this, is outraged. And Ling is like, oh, you didn't know? Um, but Ali's like, I can't believe he did that. And Nell says, oh, please, he's nothing but a dangerous myth. A fat, washed up alcoholic who fiddles with elves, a pedophile. And she salutes uh, the client. And and John points out the obvious continuity error, which is that last year, <laughs> Nell couldn't stop banging on about how she loved Santa. And Nell says that he was in last year and now he's out. Um, and I was like, well, that's one way around completely throwing your characters under the bus, <laughs> David E.K., well done. Um, well, at least you've acknowledged it. But this is one of those things where I was like, as I was watching this, I was like, now I, I'm starting to realise why we were so confused. Like, when Nell first joined the show, we were like, oh, we really remember her as like a bitch. But actually, she's not a bitch at all. And, you know, no. and it, and it's all just like everything she does is is like nice and misunderstood and and you're just telling her uh, telling us she's a bitch without actually showing that and and now it's like oh the reason we remember her as a bitch is because (laughs) she now you're showing it yeah because she became one (laughs) yeah it's true actually you're right yeah so yeah, after the fun of the morning meeting, we see Larry has dropped by to see Ali simply because he missed her. Um, and they have a kiss. Um, but that is interrupted by Elaine hitting Ali on the head with papers and saying, this is a workplace. Please drip over each other someplace else. I was like, Elaine, get on the train. Like, this is a good thing. Like, we're team Ali and Larry, actually. Exactly. Um, 
But Ali excuses herself from Larry and follows Elaine to find out what's got a goat. Um, and Richard, who has been observing the two of them in the background, swoops in to Larry as Ali leaves and insists that since he owns the firm, it's his business to understand whether or not Ali is being satiated, <laughs> you know, to protect the client and the firm. Um, and so therefore he wants to know from Larry if they've had sex yet. But Larry doesn't answer and he's basically got no time for Richard's games because he just walks off. <laughs> I really loved their little, like, um, interaction with each other. Like, I thought they were quite fun characters to put next to each other. It was good. Yes. Um, but over with Elaine in the conference room, Ali is imploring Elaine to open up to her because she's always talked to her whenever there is a problem. But this time, Elaine doesn't want to talk about anything with Ali because she's, quote unquote, part of the problem. And then she reveals that she keeps seeing all of the smiling, happy, disgusting, kissy-faced couples everywhere. Ali and Larry, John and Kimmy, Richard and Ling, and it's making her sick. She's tired of being alone and she used to feel sorry for herself, but now she just wants to get a machine gun and mow down all of the couples. The stupid, <laughs> smiling, sucky-faced, happy pigs. And I was like, Elaine, I- please just get, <laughs> just get on the lally ship train. It's fun up here. Come on. Oh. I really thought, I'm the last person that I thought would be saying this, but come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> And um, and yeah, and Elaine continues and says it's even worse because it's Christmas and there's loads of TV shows on about love and joy. And so she gets drunk and she goes to bars and she offers up her vagina. And she's really in like mid rant here when Larry comes in and tries to help by saying that when he feels empty, as he always does in December, he sits at his piano and he sings because he's found music to be a great companion. And Elaine's like, well, I live for the applause more. I need a stage and an audience where I've got no use for music. <laughs> so he suggests that Elaine finds a song that makes her feel better. And what they can do is arrange for her to perform it at the bar because apparently they, the bar have tried to discourage Elaine from singing because she makes it all about her. <laughs> and Larry's like, oh, we can, we can get around that. Don't worry. Um, and this like plan immediately starts to cheer Elaine up who clearly she's easily pleased um and she walks off with more of a spring in her step and Ali is also pleased at how easily Larry manages the Elaines and the Kimmies of the world um and then he goes well how do I handle the Allies and she's like just tell me why you can't handle Christmas but Larry just skirts the issue and is like I did tell you yeah uh, I, I really love like, that um, did you? all Larry does is suggest that Elaine do something that she has been doing for years on a semi-regular basis like, yeah, and, and, like, and it's oh, treated that like okay. a novel idea. <laughs> like, it's just like, I know, I know. <laughs> it's just that line, isn't it, about, um, oh, the bar have tried to stop me. And I'm like, well, they've I tried very hard. Well, yeah, like, I know, like, <laughs> the first we've heard of it. <laughs> Um, so next the case of the week has started and the court is being shown the footage of the offending morning show um, when Kendall decided to tell kids that Santa isn't real Um, and on the show he says that their parents tell them that he is real because they love them and want them to be surrounded by the magic feeling of Christmas um, and that they should go along with it and enjoy it as they would Peter Pan or or the Easter Bunny or Jack and the Beanstalk as a good story but not as a fact and then John switches the TV off and he turns to question Kendall and he notes that um, Kendall shattered quite a few myths with that broadcast. And Kendall says that, well, any child old enough to watch the news probably already knows that Santa isn't real. And if they don't, then they probably should. 
And John's like, why? And Kendall says, otherwise, when they do find out, it's going to be from a sibling or from another kid at school and the news won't be broken gently. He said that when he found out, it was a huge betrayal. And when his son found out from an older kid at school, he came home to him and said, I trusted you. And I was like, "Ah, um, one second. I was like, is this traumatic? Like, I feel like it's just... I refuse to believe that any grown-ass adult would be like, would feel this strongly about Santa. But can I just say, not even the not even the adults, like as a kid, I feel like it's one of those things I just kind of like figured out and was yes. like, okay, like because nothing bad happens as a result of no. knowing that information, like only good thing, you just get presents, yeah. fine, I don't care where they come from, like, do you know what I mean? I know. Fine, tell me they come but from a to, pretend man. Like, for it to be like... Yeah, for one, like, yeah, I I don't know any child that had a traumatic response to learning. And, like, came, like, (laughs) went to their parents and was like, I trusted you, and now I cannot. Like, to be an adult. parents lie to their kids all the time. like something that you're getting something out of it yeah. you know what I mean you're getting presents like what's it's a the nice problem lie. I just I'm just kind of like any but to be an adult and be like I'm going to create a news segment around this because <laughs> the injustice so strongly. and the lies have gone on too long I'm just like yeah what? I was like I need to blow this story wide <laughs> open <laughs> This is very strange. But anyway, opposing counsel crosses and asks Kendall if he had told the producers beforehand what he was planning on doing. Um, And it turns out that he didn't. Um, He knowingly defied their wishes and he said something that he knew would be bad news for the station. And Kendall's like, I knew it wouldn't be popular, but... And the opposing counsel's like, but what? It was news? And Kendall bursts out with, it was the truth. As much as you may disagree with my decision to broadcast it, a newsman should never be fired for broadcasting the truth. Oh my it's God. Like, God. It's like, you're not on the front line of a conspiracy theory. I'm just it's like, Watergate. Do you know what I mean? Are you okay? Because I'm getting big divorce vibes from you. Like, midlife crisis. Divorce got uh, like vibes. <laughs> like, oh, just, who does this guy think he is? Does he think he's gonna get like a Pulitzer Prize for like exposing <laughs> Santa as a lie? Finally, like, someone was geez. brave enough to do it. <laughs> Take on Big Santa. <laughs> Hashtag Santa Two. <laughs> I am Santa. <laughs> I am Santa. Like all the parents just keep standing up going, I am Santa. I am Santa. <laughs> and all the kids are just crying. You know. oh, oh, it's just mad. Anyway, so that night, John and Kimmy are on a date and they are discussing when they both found out about Santa. Um, and 
it's time for one of John's tall I've, tales. I've like, got to say, I feel like... <laughs> this is one of my favourite John tall tales. I think it's very I do... funnily set, like, told. I do think we need, like, a jingle. I, don't, I haven't got one. I no. can't think of one, but there <laughs> needs to be a, one because he does it so bloody yeah. often. <laughs> yeah, okay. So John found out that there was no Santa when he was really little. He was shopping with his mother at a department store and they met Santa But when he left the store, there was a Santa on a street (laughs) corner who was black, which got John to, which got John to thinking, that's odd. And I was like, is this why John is racist? (laughs) Because he's like, Santa can't be black and white. (laughs) Um, But apparently his, his like kid brain was like, well, I guess he's magic and he can change the color of his skin. (laughs) But the street Santa didn't recognize him and asked him what he wanted for Christmas, which gave the game away. Um, But Kimmy didn't find out until freshman year of college, (laughs) which I thought was really funny. Um, And John's like, you know, you've really led a sheltered life. And she's like, well, actually, I dated a rock star once. But then she clarifies that she didn't date him so much as just met him, met one after a concert and she spent an hour with him. And then he asked her to touch his willy. And I was like, uh, like, me too, alert. (laughs) Well, I was just like, that's really stretching the definition of dated there, Kimmy. Like, you spent an hour with a person. (laughs) Um, Well, John nearly chokes on his wine. um, And then Kimmy says, actually, every boy I've ever dated has been a singer of some sort. I love singers. And I don't know why. And then she asks if John sings. And John looks uncomfortable and says, uh, well, I had a band in college, which excites Kimmy no end. And she has decided that what she wants for her Christmas present is she wants John to sing her a song at the bar. And then John starts stammering and trying to say no because he doesn't perform anymore. But Kimmy's like, oh, but you'd sing one song just for me, right? And she like lays on the puppy dog eyes. And then John's nose hoots, which he calls his tuning nose. (laughs) And I was like, what a pickle for John. Well, I, you know, we were talking about um, <laughs> the, the John's like story with the Black Santa. Did you notice the, the look on Kimmy's face when he said, oh, the other Santa was black? I was just like, <laughs> no. It just gave, it was just one of the, she looked like really like, oh my God, I can't believe they put a black man in a Santa suit. It's the God. <laughs> oh Lord. I was just like, I just I just got some really bad vibes. <laughs> oh like, no. <laughs> run away. Well, I guess they John. deserve each other. <laughs> yeah. It's like get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, over at Loved Upsville population Larry and Ally, they are cuddled up on her sofa watching Miracle on 34th Street. And Larry observes that she really does love Christmas. And Ali's like, well, yes. And she asks him again why he doesn't. And Larry tries to avoid answering again, but Ali doesn't let it go this time, saying that she'd really have to think twice about having children with a man who doesn't like Christmas. And that's when Larry drops the bombshell. He has a seven-year-old son. Yeah. <laughs> This feels like, so- I mean, this definitely feels like something you should have mentioned on like the first date. <laughs> well, not necessarily the first date, but but probably early, before now. Than yeah, earlier <laughs> yeah. than this. <laughs> earlier than deciding to get a Christmas tree together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
So then Ali sits up, understandably shocked, and she switches off the TV and asks him why he didn't tell her this before. And Larry says it's because he's ashamed. He's ashamed that he doesn't see him every day. He's ashamed that he's grown up mostly without his father. Um, because we find out that the boy lives with his mum in Detroit. And Ali's confused because she's like, oh, I thought your ex-wife lived in Boston. And Larry's like, she does. And then there's this like dramatic moment when it dawns on Ali that he <laughs> hasn't had a son with another woman he who has. is not his ex-wife. Uh-huh. And Larry sheepishly goes, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Larry has a past. Larry has what a, a past. What a present. Um, so... The next day, Cajun Fish in Richard's office, John is getting Richard's take about the Kimmy pickle he's in. Um, and Richard is like, well, she's important to you and you've lied to her. So the only thing for you to do now is to tell a bigger lie and go to Kimmy and tell her that you have a throat polyp. And John's like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And, <laughs> and he tries to leave. And Richard is like, well, there's nothing more fundamental to a relationship than honesty. If she finds out that you've lied, you've got to lie again. It's your only out. <laughs> And John therefore concludes that he's going to just tell her the truth instead, which Richard thinks is a big mistake. But all I can say is, behold, John's growth at not listening to Richard's Uh, advice. Well done, John. (laughs) Round of applause. Very good. You live it, you learn it. And then in the unisex, uh, Mark is asking Elaine if she's picked her song yet. And she's like, no, um, I'm still looking for the perfect one. One that that speaks to me. One that's pretty, that coincides with my current self. And Mark's (laughs) like, do you really think this is the way to address loneliness by climbing into the spotlight for attention? And Elaine's like, well, attention is what I look for in a man. And Mark's like, well, it looks a little desperate to me. And I'm like, and who are you, Mark? Fuck like, you. Who yeah. made you judge, jury and executioner? <laughs> like, for God's sake. Um, but in reply, Elaine says something transphobic to Mark, which I'm not going to repeat, but at least she immediately apologises for it, I guess. This um, is, uh, <clears throat> so this is my... Um, okay. Because I was just like, fuck you, Mark, for calling Elaine desperate. But also, fuck you, Elaine, for shaming Mark for dating a trans woman. Like, uh, yeah, just not 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 a good show, guys. Not not good no. form. But then she sort of says in a small voice, um, she hasn't had a real boyfriend in seven years. She is desperate. Um, so it's like oh, <laughs> she's desperate. Poor broken guys. <laughs> um, hurt people hurt people (laughs) yeah yeah um so in court a producer from the news network is being questioned and his defense is that they have an obligation to their audience to build a trust and the trust and goodwill that they've worked to cultivate over many years was just ruined by kendall's tea spilling about santa which which he calls anti-american anti-yuletide and anti-humanity and i was like and they call women hysterical like what it's quite a lot isn't it he puts on this it's santa jesus christ so he feels that the station owed it to its viewers to fire the person responsible the man who issued this mean-spirited unscripted (laughs) cynical proclamation 
And John asks if ratings went down as a result. And the producer admits that they didn't. But he says there is also more to TV news, my good man, than ratings. <laughs> and we can't condone any actions that injure children. And John's like, um, did any children really get hurt, though? And the producer was like, yes, they did. And John's like, but do you know any actual children that were hurt, though? And the producer is like, I most certainly do. And it turns out that one of those children was his own eight-year-old grandson, Jacob Ray, who was devastated by what Kendall said. And his parents place their trust in their good name. And suddenly he hears that there's no Santa Claus and the little child was poleaxed. Yes, he was. And John's like, okay, so so ratings didn't go down, but he poleaxed little children. And the producer's like, yes, his actions were reckless. Reckless, I tell you. And John was like, I've got nothing further because this man is hysterical. Um, and and uh, but the opposing... <laughs> Yeah, grinned, yes. But the opposing counsel then announces that they want to call to the stand a little Jacob Ray. And John objects because he's like, that's manipulative. But Judge Walsh is like, I'll allow it, but after lunch. (laughs) I need a sandwich. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I really feel for Judge Walsh. He always gets these shit shows. The amount of stupid shit he must see. But I mean, like, yeah, I, I mean, I just love the way that guy used the word chagrined quite a lot. He said something like, we chagrined. are chagrined. We are chagrined. Chagrined. <laughs> chagrined, not chagrined. Chagrined. <laughs> not Charmander. <laughs> chagrined. There's no R. Chagrined. I mean, uh, there was one after the G, I guess. Yeah. Look, come to me afterwards for spelling. <laughs> uh, Spellings and meaning. Okay. See me after class. Okay. <laughs> so over at Larry's office, he is feeling festive because he is hanging a lone bauble onto a small tree. How cute. <laughs> <laughs> but Ali has come to see him and she gives him a kiss. Uh, but the matter of his secret son is clearly still on her mind. And he asks if she's disappointed. And she says no. But then she says that she spent her whole life crafting a list of how it's supposed to go when she meets somebody. And as she's got older, she's found herself more willing to make compromises to that list. And I was like, side note, I would have loved to see the original list. (laughs) 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 But now she says there's really only one prerequisite left. And Larry's like, well, what's that? And she says, I have to love him. And I was like, well, Ali, maybe maybe have slightly higher standards for yourself. No, but sure. I, I'm like, you know what? Like, oh my God, we have character development. Like, she... Yeah, yeah, I, like, I guess. sound the alarm. Like... But she could, but she, if her only prerequisite is I have to love him, like she could, she loved Billy. Like, that's not a good <laughs> bar. That's not a good you know baseline to work off of she needs something more than that so we need to find a middle ground between she's gone from the sublime to the ridiculous do you know what i mean she's gone completely the other way she needs to have some self-respect yeah um but anyway um she then asks if his Christmas blues are because of his son and he says very much and so she's like well tell me more and he says well for the first three years of his life his mother and I were together um and this was before I married and became untogether with somebody else um and he loves the snow and at Christmas time we 
uh, all that stuff you find magical about Christmas, the tree and the stockings and the sleigh rides and making angels. I, I, I did all of that with him and now I don't have him. So I don't really have Christmas. And he stops and his voice starts to waver. And he just says, Ali, when you do have a child, no matter how much you think you're prepared for it, you'll be stunned by the capacity you have to love somebody. And this mama burst into tears. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew what I thought. I, I was like, I bet Laura Jane was like bubbling. At this so st- yeah. Well, it was, it was Robert Downey Jr. It was the words. It was the music. Like, I was like, <laughs> it was the postpartum hormones. Like, not my fault. <laughs> Don't blame me. <laughs> no, it was very sweet. I was like, it's true. It's all true. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, so, returning to John's relationship woes, um, he is having lunch with Kimmy and her mum, who is played by Marlo Thomas, who was Rachel's mum in Friends. Friends. And I seem to remember one of our listeners mentioned her last season, didn't they? Because she played someone in a show oh. that Ali McBeal was pastiching when they did... Um, I'm going crazy just to let you know. I'll be amazed how much oh, I yes. love you so. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they did yeah. that weird like music video bit. Yeah. And she thought, this time I know it's for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like that yeah. was, that, apparently that was pastiching a show that was on American TV that I forget the name of, but apparently starred Marlo Thomas. Yes. And a listener came and told us that. Yeah. Um, but now we see Marlo Thomas for real. For real. Like this time I definitely know it's for real because she's right there in front of my face (laughs) um and um yeah so anyway kimmy's mom is saying that she believes children should be able to hold on to santa as long as children uh, sorry children should be able to hold on to santa as long as possible which is why she didn't tell kimmy until she was in college and i was like christ on a bike And Kimmy laughs and she's like, oh, I hope, John, you don't mind mummy coming along. Um, And she usually comes on all her dates. Um, And John starts stammering. And her mum says, well, if I'm here, Kimmy's more at ease. And John's like, well, I've got a confession myself. And he tries to tell Kimmy the truth about him not being able to sing. But her mum gets so excited about the fact that he said he was a singer. He doesn't get to kind of blurt that out. Yeah. Cut to... John back talking to Richard and asking for more advice because he is fraught. The mother threw him and now they are both expecting to hear him sing tomorrow night. So Richard suggests, well, why don't you do your Barry White? Because at least that's funny. And John's like, no, I told you it was going to be rock and roll. And Richard's like, yeah. Well, then Richard's like, well, then there's no problem because Bob Dylan's been singing for 35 years and he's yet to hit a note. A lot of rock songs don't even have a melody, so it can't be that hard. So Richard suggests that John finds a song where he can basically just kind of talk the words. And I was like, Richard, do you mean rap music? (laughs) I was like, (laughs) Um, but John is like dismisses this idea out of hand because he's like, oh, Kimmy's never going to fall for it. And also my dance moves aren't, you know, he thinks his dance moves aren't going to be up to par because he's too stiff to be convincing. And Richard's like, well, I can help you there because I've been doing some (laughs) self-esteem movement to make me a hotter lover um, by (sighs) dancing to... And he does this like demonstration and he's like, I'll get you through this, John. Now let's talk about this mother. And I was like, it's like the blind lady, the blind 
it is it is and john should absolutely get away from the mother without borders um but i think like uh i, I do think it's kind of refreshing to see richard in scenes where he's not completely putrid like it makes a really yeah. nice change like, what a turn up for it the feels books. like it's been a while <laughs> it really has yeah um so at the bar um elaine is rehearsing her number um and the song that she's chosen is tomorrow from annie um and in typical elaine style she's got several notes for the band as they're literally rehearsing um and Ali's been watching this with Larry and asks if that's the song that she's chosen and Elaine's like yeah it's perfect it's about waking up to a better world finding somebody I chose it because it's poignant and Larry's like well at least she seems more buoyant and then he asks Ali why she brought him here was it to inspire him with Elaine's music or was it to get him drunk on eggnog and Ali says that she's an expert at getting people into the Christmas spirit and I was like really <laughs> this, is, Interesting. this is just one of those um, um you know i'm the magical love fairy and at christmas i'm yeah. the magical christmas fairy <laughs> like this is just... but she really isn't like if we remember <laughs> you know canonically ling is the magical christmas fairy <laughs> yeah. ling is where she pulls it out the bag for christmas she actually Ali is makes miracles not. happen <laughs> yeah so so she says she's an expert at getting people into the Christmas spirit. So she pulls him over to the piano and sits him down saying that she's going to supply him with a Christmas theme song. Um, and so she cycles through several Christmas songs on the piano. She tries like Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. And they're like, no, not that one. And then she's like, oh, I used to date a hockey player. Um, and so what about all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. And I was like, <laughs> funny. Um, but then she lands on... Um, dashing through the snow on a one horse and larry stops her because that is the song that he used to do with sam and i was like oh and ali stops and she realizes that he's never told her the name of his son and then she thinks and she goes why don't we go to detroit for christmas but larry says that sam's mum apparently takes him to see her parents in canada and um, but he says to ali that she's sweet to offer and then Ali says, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And when I come back, I want you to play something for me. And so she leaves. And then we see Larry think for a second on his own. And then he kind of pulls the mic to him and pretends that he's playing a show. Because he's all like... Thank you all for coming. It's good to be in Boston. Here's a little something. Um, and then he starts playing River by Joni Mitchell and my heart. <laughs> it's coming out Christmas, they're cutting down trees, they're putting up Brandon, sing songs of joy, get peace. Oh, wish I had a river, I could skate away on. and then ali watches him she's come out of the bathroom and she's seen him singing sadly and her brow kind of furrows all 
worried as he sort of slows down his playing and he kind of breaks down in tears. And I was just like, oh, Larry. I know. Also, I forgot about that song. It's such a good song. Such a good Christmas song as well. First of all, I just want to say about this Sad scene. Christmas, but yes. that, um, I really love the way they go and sit at the piano together. Like, it's really cute. Like, he kind of, like, oh, slides yeah. along the piano ba- uh, uh, bench. And then she kind of sort of crashes into him a little bit. And they're just very cute together. <laughs> um, but also, a little, like, personal fun fact about that song, River... Um, a yeah. friend of mine actually went on Radio 4, BBC Radio 4, to talk about that song. Um, oh. Yeah, it was like a few years ago. I think it was like 2019 or 2018. Which friend? Um, my yeah, friend, say on, um, on... Laura Hunter. It's fine, because she, she oh, says okay. her name in the show. Her name is Laura Hunter. Um, and uh, she spoke about that she was invited. I, I don't know how she got on this show, but... Basically, it was a show about people talking about River by Joni Mitchell. Um, and she, she was on it because um, basically uh, she's got two children. She's got um, her daughter and her son. And um, her daughter was like a, a difficult birth because um, her appendix burst at six months. <gasps> um, and so Gosh. they had to do like an emergency. Whose appendix? Laura's. Laura's appendix. Yeah, I was say, oh, she was geez, six Louise. months pregnant, yeah. so they oh, decided Christ. that when they went in to get the appendix, they would have to do a cesarean as well. Um, mm. So it was like quite a traumatic birth. Um, but her daughter's fine. Um, but between having her daughter and her son, she had um, three miscarriages. Um, and mm. they're obviously like, and part of the reason she wanted to go on this show was to kind of. Uh, start breaking down that taboo of like talking about miscarriages and how Mm. devastating they can be um and when she was pregnant with her son um it was she was about five months pregnant with him um around like Christmas time and she just she always has loved Christmas um and uh you know it's always been like her favorite time of year um but she was you know very much the the miscarriages were very kind of forefront in her mind and um she was just like just wasn't in the mood to be like happy like it just it just I think I think she says something in the program of like feeling like a little bit too scared to be too happy um yeah uh, in case it kind of gets ripped away from her again um and uh and she would listen to river by Janie mitchell like a lot around that that during that christmas she she listened to that song pretty much on repeat because she found it Mm. really matched how she was feeling feeling um, yeah and um because it is festive but it's it's sad yeah you know what it's I mean? very much yeah. about kind of not really being in that mental place to be festive and joyful um mm. and yeah her her son was born and she called him river after the song yeah yeah it was really yeah. gorgeous like story just really Aww. really lovely um, connection to yeah. that song so that's what that song always reminds me of is River yeah it's a great song so yeah a really moving moment from 
Robert Downey Jr. Mm. there. Really nice. Yeah. And also, what a nice voice he has. I know. Great singing He's got voice. a real, like, gravelly rock star yeah, voice, hasn't got, he? Uh, yeah. Personality Might be a bit of, like, Brian adams Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um, so, uh, meanwhile, Richard is also trying to help someone out musically, um, John. And his method is to set up a karaoke machine in his office. And he's trying to convince John to practice a song called Treat Her Right by Roy Head, which is one of those songs that you c- you don't really need to sing it. It's more of a like rock kind of talky singing like there's very few like words um and john is is spiraling being like oh what's gonna happen if i fall flat on my face but richard is like don't worry i've got an insurance policy in place and john's like what kind of insurance cut to richard asking nell if she and ling will flirt with the whole bar so that they will cheer for john um and respond to him singing and Nell's like, why Why is John singing? Um, and Richard's like, to impress a girl, like, remember, these are hard times for him. It's Christmas. It's lonely. He used to have a beautiful woman. It was you, Nell. <laughs> I'm just asking for you to charm a few recruits. And then Nell tries to say that no one is going to cheer just because I asked them to. And she tries to walk off. But Richard is like, Nell, men will do anything for you. Don't you get that? And as Nell rolls her eyes and tries to walk off again, Richard like grabs her, twirls her and dips her all whilst Nell is stiff as a board. <laughs> so it just looks really uncomfortable. <laughs> and as she's dipped, Richard is like, one look, you have that effect. It's the hair. <laughs> I love that it's the hair. <laughs> so funny oh um, God. so yeah so then ali and renee are getting a coffee from a festive street coffee cart um whilst um ali talks about how she's worried about larry because it turns out that his gloom and despair may run deeper than even hers <laughs> and renee's like <laughs> sorry but i'm just like i burst out laughing because i was just like like renee i i don't know if you can like fathom this but uh, maybe it's possible <laughs> that there are people out there with bigger problems than mine. <laughs> and Renee goes, Ali, it's Christmas. And Ali's like, yeah, but that's a time of joy. And Renee's like, please, everyone's favourite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life, the one where Jimmy Stewart tries to jump off of a bridge. And Ali's like, look, it just broke my heart to listen to him sing that song. And Renee's like, He's going to be fine. He's got you. And covers her forehead with like cutesy kisses, which I thought was really funny. Um, so back with the case and little old tiny Tim or tiny Jacob Ray, I should say, is testifying. And he is really playing the old sympathy card because he's like saying with like a quivering voice, I was playing with my toys on the rug. I wasn't really watching the TV. And when I heard Santa Claus, I looked up and that's when I heard it. <laughs> I'll stop doing a stupid kid. I was right just now. like, um, you've been coached. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the opposing counsel is like what did you hear jacob ray and jacob ray points at kendall and just bursts into tears saying i heard that man say that there was no santa <laughs> <laughs> um and opposing counsel's like well i have no further questions <laughs> um but then ling crosses and she goes up to jacob and she introduces herself and she's got that like kind 
persona that she puts on for kids kind yeah, the, but the, direct well, like but, you know she's just good with kids she just doesn't like she like um you know Hayley Joel Osment yeah she's yeah. like she was with him yeah um and so she introduces herself kindly and she's like can you keep do you think you can keep going and Jacob nods and Ling passes him a tissue and she's like well how old are you Jacob and he's like I'm eight I'm in third grade and then she gets him to confirm that he can read and he can do math and he has been in an airplane before last year he went to Disneyland on a jet that goes at 700 miles an hour and then she asks sweetly truthfully did you know before seeing the news show that Santa wasn't real? And Jacob goes, no, I did not. And through gritted teeth and a growl sound effect, Ling goes, no need to get loud, sweetheart. And then she asks, she, then she asks, um, well, if it takes a 700 miles per hour jet six hours just to fly across the country, you thought eight tiny reindeer can fly all over the world lugging a great big sled behind them? Isn't that a little dopey, Jacob? How can one sack possibly fit enough toys for 300 million children? And then she goes, are you retarded, Jacob? Which that's my... Because she should not be using that word. Well, it's so funny because it's like, it's so, like, it's crazy how, like, times have changed because that word used to be used so casually and so, yeah. like, all the time it was casually thrown around. And, like, now, like, I was watching this episode and she says that <laughs> and I nearly spat out my coffee. I was just like, oh, my God, I can't yeah. believe you just said that. <laughs> but, yeah, I put this in as an objection because the same, it, to me, I was just like, I like you remember I mean I was guilty not that long ago of having it as part of my like daily parlance but not realizing (laughs) the uh the problem with that Mm, do you know what I mean it was just I wasn't saying it in the way that it could be construed do you know what I mean I, I just it the weight that it can word. carry. It was just another word for idiot. It was just an insult. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah, exactly. Um, or and another word which I've stopped saying because of similar issues is moron. Um, yeah. Which I used to use a lot and now wouldn't. Which I, I think retard has a more... It's it feels nastier. More it feels nastier. Nastier than moron. But both of them have problems. So I've, I've removed them from my vocabulary. Um, but it took a while to be able to keep remembering to remove it. So it's just, but that's, I would say that's fairly recent. That's like in the last five, yeah. to 10 well, years, I, I, I guess I've been I phasing it, trying think. to phase it out. Because for and like so, a good like 10 you, years, it was like super common part, like you say, like yeah. everyone used it all the time, like really casually. It was like nothing. But I would, but like you, I I watched it and like literally did a double take. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah we did used to say that. Like and it was no big so deal. Shocking. And now it, it sounds so weird to my ears. But yeah, yeah it's um, funny. So yeah. So anyway, she says that. Um, and that's my objection that, um, wow, we were real cunts, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like- Dick move. Um, so I wish she hadn't said that. Um, but basically, um, she uses logic to pick apart why Santa is not real. Mm. Um, because she's like, how does he see you when you're sleeping? And how does he know when you're awake? How does he know whether you've been bad or good? What about Rudolph's nose cutting through the fog? And Jacob Ray's like, well, I never believed that. <laughs> and then she's like, how do all the toys he makes 
look exactly like the ones at Toys R Us. And what does he do when he gets to Florida and there's no slow snow for his sleigh, eh? Until Jacob is basically agreeing with her that it's a pretty stupid thing to believe. Um, so very good tactic yes, thing there. Very, well done. Master well child played. manipulator. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> so... Ali has gone to visit Larry again, who um, he is sat at his desk working whilst wearing a light up flashing Rudolph nose. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Ali comes in and she's like, that's more like it. And Larry's like, I thought you'd like it. And then he apologizes for being a wet blanket lately. And he's like, I'm not going to spoil Christmas for you. I know it's important. And Ali's like, are you really trying to have a serious conversation with a red blinking nose? And then Larry presses a remote and it changes to a blue blinking nose. And I was like, what is that supposed to be? Like, in what context would you ever need a nose to be blue? I thought it was really funny. It was funny, but I just was like, where did this product come from? I don't understand. But anyway, (laughs) Ali's like, you're the biggest nut I've ever met. And then she says, but that's a good thing. And then she sort of plucks the nose off of him and tells him that um, she's taking him to the bar so that he can see his positive influence at work. And Larry is confused because he's like, what positive influence? Cut to the bar where Elaine is singing tomorrow fabulously like she's Ethel Merman on a goddamn Broadway (laughs) stage whilst everyone watches her um and everyone from Cajun Fish is sort of cringing like Richard is like there there should be a law against this and Ling points over to Kimmy and her mum who are in a booth singing along at the top of their voices because this is like right up their alley yeah and they're like laughing at them and then but I'm like Everyone Elaine get- else is like seems to be really enjoying it in the bar, like other yeah, than it's fucking the Cajun fabulous, Eleanor. That's why. <laughs> but it's just like, why are you being so bloody like stick in the muds over this? Richard and Ling are like just bitches. That's why. Yeah. Um, then Elaine gets to the end of the song and she's like, everybody and every the whole bar yeah, is like tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> And they all look like they're having a great time, except for John, who is looking very uncomfortable in his seat because he knows that tomorrow it's his turn. Um, And Kimmy and her mum give Elaine a standing ovation. Um, Everyone else is just sort of clapping normally, except for Ling, who just taps her thumb and her first finger together. And it's like the microest of applause. It's like, okay, all right. You don't need to be... Like, so obvious that you... Such a bitch. <laughs> she really is. <laughs> but then Ali looks pleased because she turns to Larry and she's like, I think it worked um, as Elaine is taking her applause. And then Kimmy sits down from giving her, like, standing ovation and she turns to John and she's just like, just think, John, when you sing, it's only a day away. <laughs> and when we get this swell of horror strings and a black fade out on John's panic-stricken face. <laughs> oh dear dearie me so tomorrow the <laughs> next day in court um kimmy <laughs> arrives at the courthouse and she walks smack bang into larry who turns to her and is like kimmy again is this fate do you think maybe you and i are meant to procreate <laughs> And Kimmy tells them off and she's like, I am not comfortable with coarse humour. And Larry's like, are you here to see anybody? And she's like, I'm only here for my John. I've come to see him do his closing arguments in the Santa Claus case. Which is when we cut to John mid-flow as Kimmy and Larry come into the court. And he is 
mid-closing and he's asking, where was the evidence that any child got hurt? Mr. Stark called his own grandson into the action, but the reality is that when kids do get hurt on this, it's not because it's revealed that there's no Santa Claus, it's the reveal that maybe their parents lied to them. Kendall Stevens was really counselling children not to feel betrayed by this deception. And he was also saying, let your parents indulge in this illusion. Why? Well, because the fact is that we need Santa Claus much more than our kids do. We're out there living in the real world and it's harsh. We're exposed to ugly truths. We bear witness to evidence that dreams don't always come true. And when December comes along, it's nice. It's nice to cling to Santa and all he represents, to relive the innocence of childhood, to recapture those feelings of joy and magic and song, things that have long since left us. Um, And at this point, Larry looks really thoughtful uh, in the kind of gallery and then John continues Santa is a device for the parents sometimes to experience the love and gift of a child and we need it what the child actually needs is love and trust and yes the magic of his parents and it was that sacred union that Kendall Stevens was trying to safeguard with his broadcast knowing that a child craves the honesty of mum and dad a hell of a lot more than he needs the illusion of old Saint Nick coming down a chimney the severance of parent and child and mutual trust And then that's when Larry kind of shifts uncomfortably in his seat. Um, John says that is the tragedy that Kendall Stevens was trying to address. I'm just like, Larry, don't use John's closing about this weird Santa case as like general life life advice. Never, never. Um, So then the opposing counsel turns and he says, he decides to tell the world there's no Santa He exposes the station to tremendous bad will and he does so knowing it is against the wishes and interests of the station. He violates the trust of his employer. So of course we have the right to terminate him. And then he just sits down like case closed. (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, back at Cajun Fish, Ali and Richard are squabbling as Ali is imploring him to stop John from getting up on the stage and sing because he's just going to embarrass himself. And Richard is protesting. Which I'm just like, but but he's, performed on stage before and it went swimmingly well for you exactly yeah why i know are you why you got be in your bonnet about this weird yeah but as that goes on quietly in the background mark comes up to elaine at her desk and tells her that he thought that she was great and then he says did you get any dates out of it and elaine stands up and is like well it wasn't about getting any dates And Mark is like, but my question is, did you get one? And Elaine defensively says, no, I didn't. All right. And Mark just goes, would you like one? And at this, Ali and Richard stop squabbling because they've overheard and they just stare as Elaine clarifies whether Mark means with him and if he's genuinely asking her out. And he's like, yes. And so she accepts. And then Mark goes to leave, but then he stops and he's like, I know this is a stupid question, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. But Elaine interrupts him and says, I don't have a penis. And Mark goes, great, eight o'clock. That's that. And like, yeah, that's that, I guess. Okay, that's that. I'm kind of like, oh, this is like, I knew that, I I did think they were going to stick Elaine with Mark by default. Yeah, because they were, here we are. They've been like hinting at it for ages. And we've been like, really? Yeah. Right then. So then Larry comes out of the elevator as he has come to see Ali this time to ask if she minds if she miss if he misses John's performance tonight because he's having a week and he needs a night off. And Ali says, oh, that's okay. And he's like, thank you. And he kisses her and he leaves. And then Ali looks worried about him. Poor Larry. <laughs> so... 
back in court, the jury's back and they find in favour of the station. <laughs> and Judge Walsh dismisses the jury and Ling is like, well, that sucks. Um, but Kendall is quite chill because he's like, I knew it was a long shot. And he thinks, so maybe I might get a job playing Santa. <laughs> and then he says, thank you to John. Um, and then Kimmy comes up to John commiserating for his loss because she thought he was brilliant. <laughs> and she's like, but will this affect your performance this evening? And John's like, oh, I'm sure not. But then his nose whistles, which as we all know, is a dead giveaway that it might do. So... <laughs> Tell, tell fine. So <laughs> it's the moment this episode has been building towards. We are at the bar and against the backdrop of peppy build-up music, Nell and Ling are going from table to table, holding up their end of the bargain, just flirting with the guys, asking them to do them a little favour. Um, whilst at the bar, Ali is moaning to Renee that she can't believe John is going to go through with this, which, like you, I was like, why? why? What, does it matter? <laughs> like, for goodness sake. Um, then over at a table Kimmy's mum uh, points out that John seemed a little nervous and she's like oh, I wonder if he's okay and Kimmy's like Kimmy's got faith though because she's like oh he went on tour when he was in college and then they both are like squeeing with excitement um, meanwhile Elaine is in a booth on her date with Mark and she's confused because she is like I've sent signals to you before that you've never really picked up on and Mark's like like you dry humping me and Elaine's like that would be one of them yes <laughs> And then Nell slumps in a chair next to Richard, um, like exhausted because she's just flirted with the entire bar. And then she assures Richard that she's got all commitments from half of the room that they will cheer. And then as she's saying that, Ling returns saying, and I've got the other half. So then back with Ali and Renee, Ali's clearly distracted and Renee's like, what's up? And Ali says, oh, I'm just thinking about Larry and, um, and how I feel like I should be with him. But he said he wanted to be alone. And then she's like, huh. Isn't Christmas supposed to be fun, Renee? And Renee just stares blankly. <laughs> and then the peppy build-up music that's been going on in the background throughout all these little vignettes kicks up into gear and Nell stands and signals to the crowd to make some Cheer. noise. And they go wild because they can't wait for the performance of a lifetime as the spotlight comes on to illuminate on the stage John Rock God. <laughs> Because he enters stage right, I and mean, here's a fashion moment for oh you. He is wearing a leather jacket, a tie-dye t-shirt, yeah. ripped jeans, yeah. and a bandana. Yeah. And he almost knocks over the Christmas decor on the way to the mic, and then grabs the mic and says, are you ready for some music? And everyone's like, and Kimmy's practically creaming her pants and everyone from Cajun Fish is just looking on in disbelief and John, John throws his jacket off and we get the sound effect of glass smashing which I thought was really funny from like off stage um, and then he points at Kimmy and he's like you're looking real good there baby fuck's it and she's like ah! like squealing really excitedly and then John breaks into an extremely badly sung rendition of She's Gonna Love You Tonight. And he is really 
trying to sell it. Like he is bringing the moves like Jagger. He is head banging to the music. He is body rolling. He is thrusting and he is strutting across the stage. He plays air guitar. And, you know, and the crowd, because of Nell and Ling's like hype woman efforts, is at fever pitch. And even the Cajun Fish guys are starting to warm up to how well he's doing. And they start smiling and like clapping along. And Elaine even says to Mark, oh, he's not that bad. And then she's like, but I was better though, right? (laughs) (laughs) And then finally the performance ends with Kimmy and her mum jumping up and down, clapping and screaming and whistling like they've just been watching the Chippendale. I mean, like, I mean, what a, what a performance. Like, I was just like, oh, you know what? Like, I think John has been doing a little bit of work out. There's definitely some, like, definition in those biceps. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's definitely... Bad. He didn't look too Pretty bad. good, pretty good. And I was just like, John, you little cutie. You really rocked it. He'd like... give season five's John Bon Jovi a run for his money, yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. I think he did a really good job. I think he really, you know... I, well I, done, John. Yeah, well done, John. Like, you convinced, you know, Kimmy and her mum. So that's, that's, that's the main thing. That's all you needed to do. That's all yeah. you needed. Yeah. So then at the end of the night, Ali and Renee have headed home and they turn on the light as they get in their flat to see that Larry is there in the lounge, which, as we've mentioned, <laughs> that's not creepy at all. That's yeah, not creepy. Again, sit there in the dark. Again, waiting in the dark for someone to come in and turn on the light is not cute. It's creepy. No, never cute. <laughs> Literally never cute. And, but basically he says, it turns out that he lied. He only wanted to be alone for most of the night because he's come here and he's decorated Ali's tree. Oh, bless. Um, And Renee quickly scarpers to her room to give them some alone time. And they stare at each other for a minute. And eventually Larry says that he's been there for an hour singing Christmas carols. (laughs) He's like, I've made a comeback. Um, And then he sort of comes towards her and kisses her. And Ali's like, okay, well play a carol for me and larry's like okay well you pick one and she's like little drummer boy and larry's like he vetoes it because he's like well that's peppy and she's like okay um what about um white christmas so then they go to the piano and he starts how does it start And he has to stop singing because he's got too emotional. Like when he sings and children listens, like he has to stop. But he keeps playing the piano. He stops singing, but he keeps playing the piano. And Ali picks up where Larry left off. Christmas 
Larry leans in to nuzzle her neck and they have a big old sweet hug. Oh, so lovely. Finished. <laughs> so cute. So, so cute. cute. I know. And, and that's the end that's of the that end. episode. I know. What? I just, it's such a sweet episode. Like, not much, I know. Not much happens per se, but like, it is all, you know, nothing horribly offensive happened either. So it's like a couple a of slight <laughs> transphobic barbs, but apart from that. Yeah, but apart it was from good. That, I, I call that a win in, you know, Ali McBeal. World. Season four. That's a win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ali and Larry are just too darn freaking cute. Too, too cute. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And as Christmas episodes go, that really gave me like a warm and fuzzy Feel. feeling. It feels weird to not have Katie on because we've had her for, I think, every yes. other Christmas episode yeah. so far. Um, but she's always said this one was her fave. <laughs> one of her faves, if not her favourite. It's It's definitely, I think, out of the... Out of the four Christmas episodes we've now watched, I think this one's given me the most warm and fuzzy feelings. Yes, yes. Which is weird because we didn't actually have a big Christmas number because we had Tomorrow from Elaine, which is not a Christmas song. And we had John doing his rock god thing, which was not a Christmas (laughs) song. But it it just gave me like warm and cosy Christmas vibes. You know what I mean? No. Well, because you have a lot of like Ali and Larry snuggling with each other, like, you know, getting getting Christmas trees, watching Christmas movies. Like, yeah, yeah, that's all, all heartwarming stuff. Yeah. So yeah, good. Well done. Well done, show. Yes. Verdict of the week. The jury's back. So. Who do you find? My verdict of the week is I've got not guilty Mm -hmm. for Ali. Okay. Yeah, because I think. Okay. Okay. I think. Yeah. She's really shown some growth here as a person and as a romantic partner because I really feel like she was really trying to be there for Larry and was not preoccupied with her own kind of expectations of what this relationship should be and what Larry should be doing for her and it because it wasn't like I was just like not too long ago she would have absolutely freaked like at learning that her romantic interest has a child and she doesn't and i just i I just think like well she's trimmed all the fat off of that list that's why (laughs) but i actually think this is the first time i think the reason it's so sweet is that because for the first time we actually see ali taking a genuine interest in someone else's thoughts and feelings without immediately bringing it back round to her Her, and her thoughts and feelings and how you know what I mean like I just feel like this is the first time where I I feel we're seeing Ali actually be a really giving romantic partner I mean the thing you know she was she was making suggestions like go to Detroit and like spend Christmas selfless. there so the selfless ideas you know like I just think like mm-hmm. this is this is new for Ali and it's good new um for good her new. to you know I think we're seeing a more mature person there um and a likable more likable person yes, for it you yes know. much more likable and just a lot more yeah just 
I just that's that's what you do when you love someone. You want to root for a person like that. Yeah. When like, she's being insufferable, you're like, well, fuck you. Yeah, like, exactly. You don't deserve anyone. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. But she's actually being genuinely like selfless and loving with Larry yeah. over this. Yeah. And I just think and not making it about her or how like well this shatters my dreams of what my soulmate was gonna be because you have a son like you know what i mean yeah. she's she's like thank you, know you for ruining my <laughs> life yeah, by exactly. having a son exactly that's exactly <laughs> the kind of thing she would be kind of harping on about to renee like not too long ago um yeah but this time she's she's proper yeah she's like actually uh, i really like you too much to to let this get in the way like I can get past Mm -hmm. that like that's yeah actually your your worth whatever you know it is gonna be uh, more complicated than if you didn't have a child but I I think you're worth that you know you're worth the effort well on the other side of that coin I've got Larry not guilty for being so darn freaking (laughs) (laughs) no honestly it's just so nice to have a love interest for Ali who is uh doesn't indulge her um you know uh, the, the worst parts of her personality he doesn't encourage those but he's also not mean about it either he just as they've said they hand he, he does handle her mm. very well but not in a ma- manipulative way no, i think he's just, just feels, good for her yeah i just feel like he just naturally is bringing out the better side of her but he also doesn't put up with her bullshit either mm. but not in an unkind way yeah. do you know what i mean it feels like he's he's you know if she has grown, it's been partly through him as well. Like he's helped her to grow as well. Yeah. I, I don't think, think she'd necessarily have got there on her own. <laughs> no, no, but I don't think any yeah. of us do. <laughs> no, 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 that's true. Um, although I must say I am interested as to why he doesn't see his son. Like what happened? Hmm. Well, I, I, I think that uh, you know uh, it could be any number of things, couldn't it? Well, it, that, I think it could yeah. be, but I'm just. I hope we get more of that backstory now. They've like opened that box or revealed that. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of interesting story to to get into there. Yeah. So I would like to I would like to get into it and not just like have it never mentioned again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you never know, David E. Kelly, do you? <laughs> He's like, oh no, that's no. not interesting. How about can I interest you in some more transphobia? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, <laughs> please, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> right. Oh. So, so yeah. So that was tis the season. That twas the season. <laughs> that was tis. Tis was twas. Tis twas. I think you'll find <laughs> the correct English is twas the season. <laughs> Um, what did you think let us know how you feel about Ali and Larry I don't think anyone there isn't anyone that doesn't ship them I don't think Um, if you are that rare breed of person who thinks they weren't meant for each other then let us know I'm sure um, so that we can laugh at you Um, but but no please do um, let us know all your thoughts about this episode we are on Twitter at Bygones Podcast Instagram at Bygones Pod Facebook Bygones Podcast and you can email us at Bygones Podcast at gmail.com
Yes, that's right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Any final thoughts, Eleanor? No. Before we go? No. Into a course. cloud of festive, festive ball puffery. Festive eggnog haze. <laughs> yes. No. Okay. Well, until next time. Bye, guys. It's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees. They're putting up reindeer and singing songs of joy and peace. Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. But it don't snow here. It stays pretty green. I'm going to make a lot of money. Then I'm going to quit this crazy scene. I wish I had a river I could skate